everyone and welcome to my podcast, Is That What You Think? In each episode, I'll be talking to some amazing people, finding out about what they do, how they do it, what they think and how they navigate life's obstacles. I'll also throw some coaching questions at my guests to really dig deep into their mind and their innermost thoughts. So if like me, you're a bit of a people watcher when you're sat in that coffee shop, then I know you're going to love this podcast. So let's not waste any more time and let's please welcome my guest who has such an amazing job role and a business, Sarah Biancardi. Hello, welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. I've been dying to talk to you for ages and ages to find out everything that goes on in your job role. So with that in mind, can you tell us a bit about what you do? Of course I can. Thank you. So um, I'm Sarah Biancardi and I'm a franchise owner and image consultant for House of Colour, um, which is a UK-based company that's been going for about 36 years now. And they were one of the forerunners in terms of providing colour analysis and style analysis services. Um, it's a little bit different to what you sort of might consider personal styling. So yes, we do we do the whole getting your colours done um, mm-hmm. aspect, but on the personal styling side, what we do is we analyse individuals' styles so that we can dress the person on the inside and represent that on the outside according to their natural body structure. Um, also in a way that works for their lifestyle, their budget and their life stage. So really it's it's tuning into who the individual is and dressing them in a way that feels true to them and that works for them in the colours and the styles that most naturally complement them so that then they can feel they're most comfortable and confident whatever they're doing, whether it's walking the dog or whether it's going for an interview or going for a meeting. That sounds amazing, doesn't it? And I guess from what you're saying, you look at that person as a whole person. So you look at them from, like you say, the inside out. You look at them from every angle, where it be what they're doing in the day, what they're doing in the evening, what they do for work, what what they're like as a person. So they're like their personality, I guess. Exactly that. Yes. So especially as women, I think it's fair to say we wear so many different hats in our lives. We do. Sometimes it can feel like I need to be a completely different person depending on the activity that I'm jumping to or that thing that I'm I'm going off to do now. Um, And that can also call on when we feel like we're being, we're needing that different hat, we can feel like we need to show up in a different way. And sometimes when we dress in a certain way, it feels more natural to us or more in sync with what comes naturally to us. And other times we have to kind of try a bit harder or we feel like we're we're not quite being true to who we are. So exactly as you said, it's about taking a really holistic approach. And the thing that I love about House of Colours processes is that they are deeply rooted in colour science and then on the style side in psychology. So it's not superficial. It it goes much, much deeper than that. It sounds so good. I mean, just going back to what you were saying about us wearing different hats. I know with, with my job in particular, when I'm going into a business, for example, I will dress differently. You act differently because you want that person to see you in a particular way you want them to think a particular way about you you want to kind of leave them with a really positive lasting image and that will be 
based on that, whether it be an hour's meeting or a 10 minute meeting or whatever it was, you want to leave knowing that you've kind of put your best foot forward, you've given the best impression that you possibly can. And, and that comes to your appearance as well as what you've said, how you've said it, and also the information that you've you've shared with them. I know that if I go and see a business owner, Again, they have expectations of me when I see a client who I'm talking to something really personal and intimate and emotional. Again, it's it's potentially having different body language and um, having a different look almost. I know that I may be kind of dressed in a different way, so maybe a bit more softer or I might blend into the background more when I'm talking to somebody about something really quite emotional because the focus is definitely not on me. And so that's why I try to, as I say, blend into the background. And like you were saying, when you're having these different hats, so when we're having a different role, whether it's mom, wife, uh, co-worker, friend, whatever it might be, we it's almost playing a part, playing a role, playing a character. And I guess that's what you try and draw out of us. Is that right? Yes, so that we all have these different hats that we need to wear. Um, that's just that that's life um but that we wear those in a way that feels true to who we are because when we do that we have the ability to feel more naturally confident and when we feel more naturally confident in ourselves then we are able to represent ourselves in a better way and exactly what you said also about being sympathetic to the environment that we're going into as well. So for a lot of the work that you do, you're going to be wanting to create, depending on the interaction you're having, perhaps a very kind of nurturing environment. You're going to want to reflect that in the surroundings that the that you, that you show up and the way that you show up to your clients as well. And that you would treat that completely differently to if you were, say, going for a meeting or delivering a presentation or something along those lines. Yeah, absolutely. I know that when I go, for example, when I walk into a business or if I am, like you say, given a presentation, I'll usually be more smartly dressed. I'll have maybe a suit on or a jacket. Um, I'll have my heels on um, because that's what makes me feel confident. But I also think that that portrays the correct image that I want from that person. Whereas if I'm doing for example, uh, an emotional personal coaching session, even if it's on Zoom, for example, I will probably just wear a more muted colour or a, a jumper or a hoodie even or something, again, just to bring my level down so that I'm, I feel kind of, as I say, more blended into the background, that I'm more approachable because I'm dressed in a less harsh way. And like you say, that softer approach. So hopefully I did that, okay. <laughs> it sounds like you are really tuned in to the link between your appearance and how you present yourself and how that both, one, gives off a different impression to the people around you, but two, what you've kind of tuned into is you feel differently when you are clothes, you're holding yourself differently. And there is, there is science behind this. So studies have proven that when we when we dress in a way that sort of when, when you dress in clothes that carry more authority, you and credibility, you actually have the power to be able to take on some of the characteristics of that. It's something called enclosed cognition. Um, so, you know, you, you take 
if you take something like, for example, in, in the study, they looked at um, white coats and they told one group of subjects that it was like an overall an artist overall mm-hmm. and they subjected them to the same activity as a group of subjects who were told that it was um, like a, a medical professionals a doctor's coat mm-hmm. um, and the people who thought that they were wearing the medical jacket and um, they outperformed the people that thought that they, they were kind of wearing mm-hmm. the artist's overall so it doesn't even have to be about the particular item. It's the associations that you have with that. And there are also studies that have proven that when you wear something that you feel genuinely good in and confident in, that that has an impact in boosting your serotonin levels, which are associated with greater confidence as well. See, there's so much science to this that we don't realise it when we put that outfit on that we're actually, we're all doing science um, with that story. But yeah, I know once I've put my heels on, once I've got my makeup on, that's it. Unstoppable, confident, no matter what I've had to deal with that morning, I am in a work mode, I'm in professional mode and that's me. And no matter what I was thinking or feeling earlier, I'm smile on, confident, that's me Sudan, the coach. Um, and that, I think, like you say, that transports me then to that uh, position of not necessarily power, but kind of an authority. I am an expert in my field. Um, and what I do with some of my clients is very similar to, I guess, that, that you were talking about and what you do with your clients. So especially when I'm dealing with somebody who may be not quite as confident as they want to be, or they want to do a a presentation at work, or they've got to get up and do a couple of minutes talking in front of a group, whether it be a a wedding speech or um, a, a toast at a party or something, I always get them to... So go home, do a bit of homework, have a look on um, TV, magazines, anything like that, and find somebody, um, usually a celebrity, who they relate to, who they can see does what they want to be able to do. So it might be somebody who's a TV presenter or somebody who narrates a documentary. So how do they sound? How do they look? And I get my client then to go through all the traits that this person has and how they can almost then pretend to be this, for example, celebrity, so that when they walk into the room, they say, okay, today I'm not Suzanne who works in this particular office. I'm Davina McCall, the television presenter who's loud and constantly smiling and laughing and really happy and super powerful in communicating with everybody and anybody. And because they're pretending to be a character, they then take themselves out of the equation and they think, oh, I'm just pretending to be somebody else. So they come across as confident and extrovert and colourful. And, and it's just so amazing to see them do that. So then they realise that they then can do that, but actually then be themselves. So I think that's what you draw out with your clients as well. Yeah, and it, I think it's the hardest thing. It's almost some, in some ways easier to to play a role and to um to to pretend to be somebody else because it doesn't put you in such a vulnerable place and I think what you've what you've sort of really astutely recognized is that when you do that for your clients when you sort of give them that challenge it shows them that they are capable of 
performing in that way. Absolutely. And then the key once they've done that is just unlocking, well, how how do we unlock the way that makes you do that in a way that is true for you so that you don't feel like you're pretending to be somebody else. You feel like you're stepping into your own space and doing it in your way um, and it, it's a really vulnerable thing to you know I, I always often say to my clients I say it's the easy the hard thing isn't understanding what suits you or what to do the really hard thing is having the confidence and the courage and the conviction to go out there and wear it and own it every single day and because I'm often trying to draw out you know who is that person underneath the clothes if you peel back the layers of the onion you know who is that person mm. it, for some people sort of even recognizing that is a really big deal and it, it can be it can be a lot more challenging for some people than others to immediately embrace that and wear their true personality on the outside and um, because it it's partly about sort of visibility and being seen and I think often a lot of people can feel this in a wrestle and in a struggle between sort of wanting to hide but wanting to be seen and not wanting to be misjudged and not wanting to be overlooked there's all sorts of conflicting emotions that swim around inside yeah. us um, and that sort of inter interweave with all of those you know unkind things that we that we say to ourselves inside our heads along with the things that we know are really good and we want to put out there and, and how do you how do you get the right balance between the two and represent yourself in a way that feels good but feels true to you as well Absolutely. And we always kind of listen to the negative voices in our head than we do the positive ones in our voice. We always push those to the side and we always give power to the to the negativity. And it's about working our way to stop doing that and to learn new ways to, to take back the control. I think both you and I with our clients it is that it's gaining the confidence, gaining the control back and kind of making a stand with our own kind of thoughts and feelings and then actually becoming who we actually are and who we truly want to be, um, which I think personally is an amazing thing to do. And I can see just by the look on your face that you are so passionate about this and you 110% believe in it. And obviously I, I, I know from kind of talking to you and, and seeing how you work with clients and everything that I mean my goodness that is absolutely so true so my next question for you is is how did you then decide that that's the job that you wanted to do how did you decide that that was where you were going to head for well it, it took me a while and um, I was first introduced to the world of color analysis and style analysis um, and house of color shortly after I turned 18. So I was gifted a colour analysis for my 18th birthday. Didn't really know what colour analysis was, didn't go in with <laughs> any sort of expectations. Um, but I did know that, you know, I would often receive comments from people uh, saying things like, oh, are you okay? Are you feeling all right? Or are you feeling tired? And I used to sort of get a bit cross and sort of, no, this is just my face. This is, this is just what I look like. But we all get that quite often. often <laughs> questions. You sort of think, hang on a minute, is there something not quite? So what, what was really astounding to me was how the difference in how people responded to me when I put on these colours that I had been told suited me. And I knew that the consultant that I had was right because I, I did it in a group environment and I could see it working. 
on everyone else in the room. Mm -hmm. So even though I really struggled to see it on myself, I believed it because I'd seen it. I knew it was working on everyone else. And it was, I didn't instantly fall in love with my seasonal colors. It, um, you know, it, it took me time. And so I prepare my clients for that as well. Um, but I couldn't deny the impact that it was having on the way that other people responded to me. So instead of people asking me if I was feeling okay, they then started to say things like, oh, you look amazing or <laughs> you look really well. And I'd never had those kind of comments before. So wow. um, it I knew that there was something to it. And I returned the following year to have my style analyzed. And that was the real penny drop for me. And that's why I'm so passionate about this process. And this is ultimately what has led me to set up my own franchise business doing it. Because rather than it being about what you look like and what's going on on the surface, with the style analysis element, it's all about who you are. Mm -hmm. And what it gave me was the tools of my color and my style analysis combined gave me the tools to know how to dress and put myself together for every single situation that life threw at me from my late teens onwards. So for every job interview, I knew how to make the best of myself and put myself together in the best possible way for every kind of evening out for every gathering with friends etc I knew how to put myself together and what that gave me was a self-assurance a quiet confidence that suddenly I wasn't worrying about what I looked like I will get to the point it's just a long story so yeah. no I'm just fascinated I over the years I knew that everybody needed to do this. I thought if only everybody knew what suited them, then nobody would worry about what they looked like and they'd have you know, higher self-esteem and they'd feel better about themselves. They'd feel more confident. And then they would put themselves, you know, they'd, they'd, have, they'd have the tools to be able to put themselves forward for things and reach their full potential. And over the years, I managed to persuade lots of colleagues and um, lots of friends and family members to go through the process themselves and over the years people said to me you should do this Sarah you'd be really good at it but I did the kind of standard you know went to university got um you know went went into employment afterwards and did the whole corporate thing and and I knew that I wanted to help people through the work that I was doing so Mm -hmm. I ended up in healthcare marketing which I was really pleased about because I felt like I wasn't just marketing a faceless brand um, or products that didn't really do anything to help people other than make a lot of money for shareholders. I felt like, no, the work I'm doing is really important. It's helping people feel better about themselves or improving their quality of life in some way. Yeah. Um, But over time, I felt like I got further and further away from that. And it was like a, it was like kind of a, an itch that just, I couldn't, it needed scratching. (laughs) And, um, you know, I, I knew that I wanted to do it and I needed to do it. And I think it was becoming a mum as well, where you reassess your priorities and what's important mm-hmm. and, um, and trying to get that balance as well. I did a lot of travel for work. So it, it was accumulation of lots of things and it took a long time to line up all the ducks and get the timing right. Um, but for me, I think you know, things always happen when they need to happen. And I was really glad when it came together um, and 
it happened when it was meant to happen, which was right before the first lockdown. <laughs> so it was okay. a few years in the making. It was a few years in the making. But that's what that's what brought me to launch the franchise because I I just couldn't. I wanted to do it for everybody. It wasn't enough just to send them to other consultants. I wanted to do it myself. Yeah. And I think when you're, like you say, when you're as passionate as you are and when you know it works, like you said, you'd seen the evidence. Therefore, you can't argue with it. It's there for everyone to see who was in that room with you at the time, saw it happen, felt the change. So, yeah, there's there's no going back. I think once you've once you've really experienced something firsthand, I think that's when it when it kind of sticks to you. So at the beginning, you were saying about um, the seasons uh, and how that kind of influences. So just for those listening, can you just explain just a little bit more about that? Of course. So we work at House of Colour with um, a seasonal colour analysis system. So there is no universal system for colour analysis. We have ours divided into the seasons of the year. So we've got spring, autumn, summer and winter. Um, But that's not to say that we're encouraging you to dress in the different colour palettes across each of the seasons of the year. Mm-hmm. We determine what your colour palette is and there are we have a robust process in place to do that. What we're looking for is we're looking for the characteristics of colours which mimic the characteristics in the undertones of your skin. So depending on what your colouring is, either you'll need the characteristics of your undertones, either need you will need colours that have more blue or more yellow in them and more clear, bright qualities or more soft blended colours. Um, and what we do is it's a process of elimination, so there's no guesswork involved. In order to have an accurate analysis, you need to do it in person, in natural daylight. And we use these precision dye drapes. I've got 144 of them in my studio and different combinations of those in order to get that process of elimination and accurately determine your season. That's amazing, isn't it? And I can see behind you, there's all sorts of colours and swatches. behind me, yes. looks <laughs> amazing. So how do you, so when a, when a client comes to see you for the first time, how do you sort of manage their expectations and kind of guide them through the process, especially maybe if they're a little bit nervous or a little bit maybe unsure of the process or they don't fully believe what, what can happen for them? Well, I always send them kind of preparation information ahead just so that they know what to expect during the session. And I always start the session off by just sitting down with them over a cup of tea or coffee and trying to understand a little bit about them and what their objectives are for the session, if they already know something about colour analysis. Um, And from that, I then have a really good understanding of where they are, what they want to get out of the process um, and what their expectations are and then how how to manage those as well. Excellent. And I expect when they leave your your studio, they are kind of completely transformed. They probably go off with a, a spring in their step, a bit of a more confidence boost, I guess, because you can't fail to appreciate, like you say, the science behind it, but also your approach with them, um, I think, must just overwhelm them in such a positive way that they then probably you'd hope then go off and tell everybody and and hopefully tomorrow go off and explore their wardrobe and start having a really good thought out of everything 
Well, that's what everyone wants to do is immediately after a session, they want to get home to their wardrobe and they want to go through it. And um, my goal <laughs> is always that my clients feel better when they leave the studio than when they come in. And they're coming in, I ask them to arrive without makeup on, which for a lot of women, of course, you know, if I know that you you like wearing makeup as, as well as I do. And do somewhere without makeup, it's a bit disarming. Um, but it's because I need to work with the natural colouring. They leave wearing makeup. So my goal is just always that they end up feeling better and more positively about themselves when they leave the studio and when they come in. So makeup, it's just that it's a very holistic process. So we talk about things like jewellery colours, tones and shades for hair, makeup and clothing, because it's really important to have all of those things in sync in order to have a really harmonious look that is in sync with your natural colouring and what people discover and I always sort of I always issue these disclaimers like I say well after a session with me you're you're not going to look at colours on you or on other people in the same way because you won't be able to unlearn what you learn in the studio and you won't be able to unsee what you've seen in the mirror Um, and it's amazing the appreciation they have of actually how little makeup they need when they're wearing the colors that are the most flattering on them because of the the overwhelming kind of brightening smoothing smoothing um, and defining impact that it has on their facial features purely by I call it nature's airbrushing wearing a color that naturally works with your skin's undertone it does the hard work for you so it almost looks like you've got a bit of concealer or foundation on before you've put a scrap of makeup on so it people always say it feels like magic and it does <laughs> feel like magic but it's fine it's color science and how good must that feel in the morning when you know what outfits suit you what colors suit you and if you don't then have to spend much time even then doing the makeup I mean, you've just saved us all a good, at least an hour every day. So that would be amazing. That's that everything goes with everything else. So when you when you have a wardrobe that is full of your seasonal colour palettes, any coloured top will go with any coloured bottoms or go with any coloured jacket. So, you know, if, if your favourite top is in the wash, then you can just pick another one that's going to go with the rest of the same outfit that you had. So um, it saves so much. I always talk about it saving my clients time, money, effort and indecision. Yeah. And I think obviously in, in today's climate as well, saving money means you can hopefully buy less. You can maybe invest in particular pieces because you know that they work and they will work for years to come. It's those, what do they call them? The investment pieces and, and having that capsule wardrobe so that you know what's appropriate for your size, shape, colour job, personality, whatever it might be, you know you can always pick out the perfect outfit of the wardrobe. Exactly. And the thing that I, you know, I'm I'm really sort of careful about how I approach it with some clients because I am really passionate about the sustainability side. But I know that everybody has their own feelings about things like fast fashion and their consumption habits you know how frequently they buy how much they spend and I I never come from a place of judgment but what I do like to really do is empower my clients with the information so that they can shop with greater focus greater intention understand the characteristics of how to discern if a garment is a quality item of clothing or not and how to understand if it's right for them so House of Colour has been promoting sustainable 
and, and sort of very conscious, mindful shopping approaches not since long before it was fashionable mm-hmm. um, to do so and before it was really talked about. And if anything, it's something that I haven't shouted about loudly enough in the past, but it's always something that I, I weave in and I really advocate for. I feel a real responsibility working in the industry that I do that I know that after people have been to a session with me, they're they're going to go out and they're going to try and find things either in their style or their seasonal colour palettes. And so I want to I want to equip them with the information so that they can make the better informed decisions to buy less, buy high higher quality, know how to really care for their clothes and look after them and love them so that they will want to look after them because they love their clothes and make them last and that they can wear them again and again and again. Um, because you know, it, I, I feel that responsibility having children as well and passing that insight onto them. Yeah. I think it's about everybody doing their bits um, at a very individual level because there are some things that within our control and some things that aren't. And so I think having that personal responsibility is really important. Yeah, and I think like you're saying, um, our priorities have changed. I think when when we were sort of teenagers, you you didn't think about kind of anything about sustainability and the environment and you just thought about then now that that actual moment or that event that you're going to and you didn't even think, oh well, will I wear this again or where's it come from? What's the material? Who's made it? what am I actually paying for? Let alone, does it actually suit me? Will it last? And does it kind of reflect me? And does it kind of make me feel good? There's there's so many questions. So I guess people come away from your sessions with not just the, the general kind of advice or information that they think that they assume that they'll get from you, but they just get so much, so much more. Like you say, it's, it's such a holistic process. So with all the the information and the advice that you're giving to people, what do you think is the best advice that anyone's ever given to you? I think, you know, I've been given lots of great advice by people over the years, but there are two words which always have stuck with me. And it was one of my uncles that said it to me. And um, it was the two words would never assume. And I don't know why that stuck with me, but if ever I find myself in a situation and I have made an assumption, I always I always regret it afterwards. And so it's the one thing I sort of always, you know, if, if I if I go to make an assumption, then I stop myself and I say, you know, never assume. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's something we both share with our clients. Absolutely. So Let's give our listeners some advice. So in your your job, what kind of quick sort of top tips or tricks could you give to us right now that we can take away from listening? Okay, so the first one I'll give you is that the most, the universal flattering colour, it's not black. Um, The only universally flattering colour is true or primary red, the colour paint that you get at primary school. or say the colour of a, a post box or a foam box. Um, it's that not, not as much yellow, not as much red in it, sort of somewhere in the middle. That is only the truly most universally flattering colour, which is why every woman should have a little red dress, not a little black dress. How amazing um, is that? I don't think many people would have guessed red at all. We might have said, like you said, black, or we might have gone 
blue or grey or white or something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the other thing that I would say is, you know, never underestimate the power of your accessories. So um, often you can think of your accessories like the punctuation mm-hmm. in, in a sentence. So they're the things that give the they give the flavor, the seasoning. Um, and without them, your outfit can just appear a bit flat or bland. And they're a great opportunity for showcasing your personality um, or maybe the sense of occasion. And they have the power to completely transform what would otherwise be quite a plain everyday outfit um, just by using. So never underestimate your accessories is my other my other tip. That's so good, isn't it? So let me just ask you some kind of more personal questions and leading on on from you giving us advice. Who kind of inspires you or who are you kind of into at the moment that you do really kind of resonate with? So in terms of who inspires me, I'm well, I'm constantly inspired by many incredible people, particularly a lot of women, but I I am really fortunate to have some really inspirational women who are very close to me on a personal level. Um, And there is is one person in particular who is always my sort of sounding board. Um, And I'm really very close to her. She's sort of like a a second mum to me. Um, And she's actually been awarded an MBE for her for her services she's incredible she developed a system which helps determine if there is um brain activity um present in people in a vegetative state so mm. i mean she's she's achieved the most incredible things and she's somebody that you know i will always look up to very very wise um and just an incredible person that's amazing isn't it so yeah you have definitely got um a good support system there by the by the sounds of it so what um what book or tv program or podcast apart from this one would you recommend to us um well i know that i've spoken about this one to you it's not a podcast as such um it's a it's an app that I use that I was recommended to download by a friend and now I tell everybody about it and it's called Blinkist and it summarises it summarises non-fiction books into 15 to 20 minutes blinks as they call them rather than chapters and it gives you a breakdown and a summary and an overview of um all of these non-fiction books so rather than having these stacks and piles of books that I fully intend to read but never quite get around to what I start <laughs> and I never quite finish yeah um, you know I, I can listen to it in the time it's taking me to make the dinner or hang the laundry and then I know that once I've listened to that if it's something I want more detail on or that I'm really interested in but yeah I'll go and buy the book or I'll read it but it just means that it gives you kind of the main takeaways and I love anything kind of on the self-development side or anything that makes you feel kind of really productive as well. So, um, yeah, I, I love I love listening to non-fiction books that summarised and condensed. I mean, that is the perfect app for today's modern society. And I know I, I spoke to you about it a while ago and I actually do now recommend it to some of my business clients, especially when they want a particular book to listen to about a particular topic. Um, very, very, very much non-fiction. And they can use that app to then get a taste for what I'm talking about with them and the subject that they want to learn more about. And like you say, if they then think, yeah, that was enough, that's fine. But if they want to go and explore, they then can read um, the rest of the book. 
So just um, getting close to the to the end of this episode now, um, as you know, um, and as as your work is, it's all about helping to empower our clients um, and increasing their confidence, improving their mindset, and basically helping them to regain control um, and achieve success and basically feel unstoppable. So my last question to you is what makes you feel unstoppable? I think it's the drive and the motivation that I have to make that change for people. And Mm -hmm. I always think of it in terms of one client at a time. So one one style analysis or one color analysis at a time that if I can be one person, if I can make that positive difference to how they feel about themselves, then I've done a good job. And it's that that really kind of it's the drive and ambition behind that that I believe makes me unstoppable and also wanting that for my I have two younger daughters um, and I want that for them as well that's amazing thank you so much for letting me pick your brain Sarah I have really enjoyed this and hopefully it's given um, people listening such a, a good insight into your job role which some people might not have even known actually existed Um, Thank you to everyone who's listened. Uh, Please follow the show, leave a review um, and follow me on social media. And if you have any subjects or questions that you would like me to include on a future episode, please email me at coaching at suzannebryden.co.uk. And I can't wait for you to join me next time for another wander through the human mind and its thoughts and how we can achieve success and be unstoppable. I'll see you all next time.